0: Welcome back to another sunny day on what have you. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And we gather together once more to in the car. force we, we, out a podcast.
1: We basically stopped getting further afield than Rachel's front yard. We don't even buy coffees anymore. No. We just
0: sort of, if there's a beverage on hand, that's how fancy this outing is.
1: <laughs> We're parked in front of her driveway so that I can, so that I, today
0: I told Shadrach though, you can't come ask me a question. Just hot tip, because
1: yeah, last time in the last. I wonder time, if I feel he like... will. He doesn't. I. It's
0: hard for him to know that that could be the case. That you don't come talk to mom yeah. right now. Yeah. Surely yeah. Surely she's available. She's open twenty four seven.
1: I always have a question. I know I feel like didn't last week. Didn't you go kind of blank? Yeah, I did because I was
0: gesturing at him for a minute. Like wait. <laughs> When, uh, no. Wait, Chad, I'll tell you Whoa. about that later. No usually, one suspected usually thing. Usually they ask if they could have it. He's like, wants to know if he could have an apple. But uh. he's the man of real questions. He's, he, last night some of the questions we got from him is, what does the electricity place do? I was, like, <laughs> was like, well, he's like, with all the wires. Like, it was like one of those places mm-hmm. on the side of, you know how by the Troy Highway... It's like chain link, oh, it, like sure. that's what it. And like I don't even know the name of it. It's like it's not a power plant. It's not. It's just one of those places where there's all these wires and transformers the kind of place and stuff. That
1: has like danger. Stay well, it's back what I would call signs. the electricity place. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like,
0: "What does it do there?" My, like, eh. so we wanted a yeah. week binge. This was a little while ago, but of needing to talk about cannibals 24 7 with him
1: (laughs) and um see he's four right and i he's four yeah i have often felt i have said this before but dorothy sayers and her you know breaking down the child's development poetic yeah the the philosophical (laughs) four-year-old i feel like she missed philosophical which comes at four Mm. i feel like four years old i remember Having to get into, but why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Yes, it's like, but I need the big answers. Yeah, and I loved like trying to with get limited, into vocab. It. Yeah, limited vocab. Yeah, limited vocab, huge concepts. Mm-hmm. Let's walk through predestination and free will, and how do we reconcile? And let's the do two? it in a way that will satisfy with the my four year old. And then and then Knox would be like, but if God hardened Pharaoh's heart, <laughs> why did Pharaoh get in trouble? And you're and like. You're like
0: hang on right. now. hang on now let's go through romans 9 shall we like well <laughs> let me teach the world to you my son he, the ones it was, that it was the epic. ones that uh um, so shad was asking about cannibals i'm not actually sure why he was asking about cannibals i can't remember the initial thing it was about a missionary i'm pretty sure you know it was mm-hmm. something and he was like but that doesn't exist still does it mom and i'm like yeah like we're talking about it like yeah, yeah. and but it ended up being a really fun, you know, fun thing that we were to, that for him, like talking all about, we are talking about real darkness in places and say, how do you get rid of the darkness? And it was like only with light, like that Jesus yeah. is the light of the world. And this is how, when there's really yeah. terrible, scary places. And then, um, I showed him the peace child, the 50 years after the oh, peace child yeah. video, uh-huh. like the whole video about them all being headhunters and yeah. uh, which if you have not seen that YouTube, 50 years after Peace Child. Such a good, such a good video of him going back to the mm. tribes that used yeah. to be headhunting all the time. And then now there's a ton of old people because they no longer are killing each other all the time. Wow. They have old people for the first time. They're all like, there's a baptism in the video of a ton of people being baptized. And it's just so obvious That's transformation. Awesome. And he was, he really got that. Like, But he needed the answers about how did this happen in the first place. Yeah, how did how does it quit? Why is it still happening? Yeah, we're talking about the Great Commission. We're talking about we're like we gotta cover the waterfront, and then right after that, he found a book about World War Two, or something. One day, he's like, "Mom, would you tell me the rest of World War 2 <laughs> I was like, uh,
1: "Where did where did I leave off
0: last time?" And uh, then he's like, "How can you tell who's a bad guy?" Is yeah. it their helmets? And I was like, no. And Occasionally, then, yes. And then he's like, are our American soldiers good guys or bad guys? And I'm like, well,
1: some of each. Some well, of okay. each. Well, okay. We had this moment where we were visiting friends in Amsterdam, and so the kids were all little, and we ended up going to um, oh, now of course I can't remember her name. And what? Frank. And Frank's house. But we I didn't, can remember. But we didn't know that that was really on the agenda for the day. Right. Like, we were just visiting. We were in Amsterdam. Well, like, they didn't live in Amsterdam. They took us to Amsterdam for the day. And right. so one of the things we did was go to Anne Frank's house. And so we get in there. And I wasn't, I hadn't prepared the kids. We hadn't re- really ever talked about the Holocaust just yet with all of them. And all of a sudden you're like, hang tight, kids. And the thing that was really funny was trying to do that in a whisper with the, those kinds of questions. So we're in. There's yes. you know, there's crowds. You can't be like talking loudly. It was dark. They had big photos on the walls of the concentration yeah. camps and stuff. So uh, whatever child it was, you know, little is going, why are all those people laying down? And <laughs> so we're in a whisper. Yeah, it's bad. And they'd be like, Well, talk why, later. why did the Germans? Why would the Germans? Why would oh. the Germans? You know, and you're <laughs> like, okay, well, because. And they'd say, so the Jews were the Christians then. And we're like. Oh, no, yep. Jews aren't Christians. So they're so the Jews are the bad guys. No, Jews aren't the bad, but hmm, and you're trying to yep. do this in this whispering like so the Germans are the Christians and you're like yes. No, well technically and it's oh. <laughs> it's complicated. It's like, That's why we brought you to this museum. They, they may have all been Lutherans, but that doesn't actually mean <laughs> But this is
0: the difference between the visible church and the invisible church. And I'd like to, I'd like just to talk because, to you more about that
1: some other time. And just because the Jews aren't Christians doesn't mean that you, they should have been killed.
0: We're driving. Oh, Speaking boy. Speaking of the Jews, and just because they weren't doing well doesn't mean that. I mm-hmm. had them. Um, the other day, I'm driving. All the kids packed in the back. They've been talking a lot. And I... It became apparent when I suddenly clued in that I had not been paying attention to what they were talking about. You know, like, they were just all talking. I was driving. Yeah. Not My mind was elsewhere. And then I suddenly hear, No, Blair, don't say that. You should not say that. And I was like, What? What's happening? You know, right. like, why is someone... And um, it really made me laugh. Blair is my seven-year-old. So right. the, the follow-up I suddenly tuned in to, no, Blair, you should not say that. And then it was, because even though, let's see how this works. Like, even though the Jews had a lot of problems, it was super wicked of them to make them eat pork. And I I was like, what? Like, and they were like, it was... It was in the intertestamental period. Yeah, this right. is what I hear from the back of the car. And it's like, Blair, salute no, dynasty. No. <laughs> I was like, I have to explain this to you, Blair. Stop, Blair. Stop saying it was good. They made the meat like, pork. Let's talk about Antiochus Epiphany. Yes, the that's fort. what they were. That's what it was. Let me yeah. tell you some more about the abomination of yeah. desolation. Oh, and I was works. like, well, Heady topics for the back of the car. I should tune in more often. I know this. Keeping fresh on your history. Yeah, nothing like kids to keep you really. Oh, man. And the other thing is telling them Bible stories. It is a really weird mental thing where you realize when you read a Bible story, it's so, so familiar Mm -hmm. that you don't notice how much of it you don't know. Yeah. But when you go to tell it, you're like, I can't remember the order that these events happened in. Like, I would know it if
1: someone else said it and it was wrong. Right. I would probably notice it. But it's like yeah. a mental lapse. Or even you just start noticing it yourself. It makes you think about it yourself in a different way when you have to put it but in But I have words. to go open up the Bible and look at the story because I start wondering...
0: When you're putting it in words, you start wondering... You start being like, is that yeah. the case or did I fill <laughs> that in myself? Like, did I sure. assume that that happened? Or, you know... Yeah. Because I actually just had this with my kids are reading Daniel and I, and one of them said something. Of course, I haven't looked at it to confirm this, but they were questioning me. It was like, it was like someone said there at the beginning and they said, is this the book that has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And I was like, oh yeah, it is. And they were like, well, how did they know Daniel? And I was like, oh, well, Daniel is who introduced them to I was saying Daniel is how they became known, wasn't he? Like I don't think so. I thought so. I thought it was like because he no. somehow now we're well, gonna have to
1: pull out I a phone know. out.
0: I I just brought this on the podcast to show you all. But then I had <laughs> but then I had kids being like No, they lived in Babylon and I was like, Yes, I know, but I thought that the reason that they came they became like overseers, right? This is this not the case?
1: They were I think you might be filling in some gaps See, there.
0: What's my point though? My point is that you're you like you it read it Daniel and it's familiar. There. And then when you go to tell it to people, you're like, hang on <laughs> This is I don't know, I find I know. this you I find this tricksy. Do you know all the ins and outs with Haman and what happened next? You know, how many feasts were laid <laughs> in order? Yeah. Oh no, it's tricky
1: no. So aside from from having big philosophical talks with Shad, what else have you been and up to? And finding out what I don't know about the Bible. Right. Um, what else have I been up to? Yeah, What have you been well doing amongst I yourself? I actually
0: gave myself strange, well, last night I threw two large pottery things, oh. which I have not done before with that much. Well, no, I've not successfully done it with that much clay. Okay. That was fun. A big serving dish. Have you fired them? No, um, you have to dry. Yeah. But the funny part is that when I stood up like my legs were tight and my arms were tight and my back it was like probably all of these very obscure muscles that you don't normally do anything with like because centering that much clay takes a lot of Uh like I think I was even holding my breath trying to center it you know because you're (laughs) like trying to lock down this piece of clay that's like the size of a coffee can right you know and it when it gets a hip swivel going
1: <laughs> 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 Got a <muscle>. I, <laughs> uh,
0: you're like wrestling this large piece of clay as it's like spinning around so that was a fun thing to do though I was glad. I've That's lately awesome. only done mugs and stuff that was little because of um, you know I've, I've just because no well yes but also just because we didn't have that much clay on hand but also because i just wanted to keep doing the same thing and get consistent get results at, it, yeah. at the mm-hmm. same thing and that so it was What's fun it? to switch i made a big cool bowl but awesome. my husband has much bigger hands and much better strength at this kind of thing than me so meanwhile he's throwing these bowls that are like rhinormous like what i was really <laughs> pleased with was much smaller a than medium size doing, yeah
1: That's, that's very But I made
0: it shallower and wider, like a better serving Mm dish. Like, you know, if you had like a finished pasta dish or something, Mm -hmm. you don't want to serve it in a deep bowl.
1: Right. Well, I really want to do more slip casting. I would really like to do it this summer. I enjoyed that a lot. The problem is I would like to get good at making the original, the original piece that you make a mold of, because so far... You just kind of have to find a thing that's the right shape and make a mold of it. And I, and so that was fun the first time, but I would really like to design it and then make a mold and then do the slip casting. That's the thing I would really like to do, but I think throw it or like slab build it. Well, I think. No, I think the way they do it is make it out of, like, an MDF with a layer, you know, where you design it. Well, you don't have to. You could do it out of anything. Anything you could make But I was trying to think. I know, but I was thinking with clay, it would be so dense that it would take, like, a year to dry. I don't know, like, you know, like, if you're doing something this big. Well, I think, I think... Traditionally, people would have just
0: thrown the item.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're talking about sculpting clay to make. No, that. I'm talking about sculpting MDF with a lathe to make it. Do you have what I lathe? wanted? No, I don't. This is. I would like it, to see
0: you try to just wheel the lathe.
1: The thing <laughs>
0: here's the thing. I need to I go I think go it's probably somebody. a lot
1: like a potter's wheel
0: because I bet you anything that the. No, that, it just
1: spins and it has the blade that you. You know, like you have. I think people lay. We shouldn't be talking about this. Why are we talking about this? No, here's Layering what I'm trying MDF to say. Layering MDF with glue and then yeah,
0: like putting like, it on a lathe. It's and kind of like making a wood hero, hero.
1: Basically, yeah, but slam then, and then yeah, but then it's solid all the way through. And then of course the slip is what makes it hollow. But anyway, that that's neither here nor there. So you've been casting pots. I nope. Yes, you have. Not casting. Throwing. You've been throwing <laughs> pots. Yes. I have to leave in the morning to go to Pittsburgh for the ACCS Pittsburgh. conference. Oops. And, um, yeah, look who forgot to turn the ringer off That's this my week. ringtone, guys. That's my <laughs> ringtone. But that number um, I don't recognize. So I'm going to ACCS tomorrow, and I have to speak in a workshop on Friday. And so that's happening. But then that evening, this is where my life gets complicated. I have to host a party of sorts <laughs> in another city in a hotel suite that I've not seen before and obviously I can't bring along with me Oh, they're handing out a lot of invitations for this so this it, you know I think it's a, for a, a party for about a hundred people but I have to do this from across the country so that's what my my planning is right in that phase right now like what do i need to throw in my suitcase so that i have it and what do i need to put on my list for things to try to find in pittsburgh
0: i feel like you should find a a like um
1: costco would be helpful but also trader joe's i bet because oh yeah and i'm not worried about the food because of course we can find a grocery store somewhere is just mostly like, and then prepping, whatever it well, is, I'm going to have to you prep it all. Borrow,
0: see now if you can borrow a lathe in yes. Pittsburgh
1: and yes. make and a centerpiece I'll out of MDF. MDF.
0: And you will be so more I'll educated when you come home. I'll be home. blessed
1: to have done that. Yeah. 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 That'll work. Anyway, so I'm thinking, right, what do I need to have on hand? Like I'll bring, I don't know. So that's my little, my little conundrum for the afternoon is... What do mm-hmm. I put in my suitcase if I'm going to have a party for a hundred in another city? My conundrum today is that we're gonna we are actually going to go to the river today. Oh yeah, like we should do that. Rachel's gonna go to the river today and I bet you they're not gonna Merkle it. I bet they're gonna just have a nice little. Well,
0: our plan is to specifically not Merkle it. <laughs> our Our plan is to go and come back in relative um, well, yeah. expected. Times. you know
1: what though? Our sheet rocker. At our house. It's amazing what somebody who's good at their job. It's amazing. It's like, gosh. I told the kids
0: because you guys were gone coming home late. I was like, so for Father's Day, you've got to find something that you could do that would be a gag about the sheetrock. You sheet told rock. my children this? Yeah. Oh. like like a Father's Day gag about what was <laughs> happening with the sheetrock. But apparently they
1: didn't think of anything. Oh, no, they didn't.
0: But so it's amazing. It's just so I feel like so we exciting. should tell about Grandpa because that was so cute. Sure. So my Grandpa Jim...
1: Is a limerick writer. He of, always just put a limerick in birthday cards. Oh, for like the kids. your wedding
0: card, we would get a limerick in it. He, I he didn't just get a he limerick. dusts out a limerick. He wrote me for an many awesome occasions. letter for
1: my wedding. I have a lot of really
0: great letters from him too. But he he always he and Grandma Bessie were they do the same where I I have like a letter when Lena was born like a letter to Lena saying, mm-hmm. you may not remember us when you... are uh, oh, Like, those that just letter. choked me up so bad. He's always saying, you... It's basically like, this is what I want you to know, mm-hmm. even though you may not remember us. But luckily, yeah. she will remember him. Um, anyways, he writes limericks a lot. And so, for Father's Day, we were doing, like... We were just getting together. It was my dad's birthday and Father's Day, so... Um, but Grandpa was... Somebody's going to bring Grandpa, so... We were like, well, he can't be at a thing with you know all of these descendants and not have a gift but he's not easy to shop for he's not someone that needs a lot of stuff right now so we decided to all write limericks for Mm -hmm. grandpa so i picked up a card and then all of the family were off writing limericks and i called the merkels were on the road so i called them and they
1: um we wrote up a limerick they wrote us
0: they wrote a limerick (laughs) <laughs> I just discovered it's like a hot day, and I just realized that my seat heater was on. That's no fun. doubt
1: a leftover from earlier Butting this morning. me out
0: of fellowship with this.
1: <laughs> I was like, man, it's getting so hot in
0: here. So, anyways, the um, but everybody wrote a limerick. Well, I don't know how many people wrote a, a limerick, but quite a lot because it was Luke and I did one, and then all of our kids mostly did them, and then Uh, the Wilson kids, so that's five more kids, and your kids, the five Mm -hmm. kids did it, and then mom and dad, and then Gordon and Meredith and little Heather and Mallory and Caleb, like, so there was, it seemed like, like, 20 limericks all on postcards in his card, and then the awesomest part is that as he rolled in, as they brought him in, he's in a wheelchair, and as the guy's carried him upstairs and put him down, like, first thing, he's like, everyone, I need your attention, like, I have a limerick to read (laughs) for dad's birthday. (laughs) <laughs> so, so he, awesome. he like arrived with a limerick to his own limerick party, but then went the, home with twenty limericks. Yeah, but then dad, uh, dad read them all aloud, and then uh, for him, like he read them aloud, and then Grandpa said, "Well, I can die a happy man, <laughs>
1: <laughs> a glut of limericks what in his honor." What was your limerick? Tell me your limerick.
0: Oh, um, I'll see if I can remember it. We we intentionally blew the form at the end, which made us laugh. Oh, okay. So we said, let's see. um, There once was a house on Howard through whose doors many souls shuffled and cowered. (laughs) (laughs) They've, uh, let's see, something about, oh, it's about in that, hang on, give me a second to think of it. Something about an abundance of grace they found in that place in a missionary biography for the road. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ours Something is, okay, like that. Is ours. There oh yeah, you was have yours in a co- in copy. Yeah. There once was a fellow who taught on bitterness rather a lot. He stuck to the text and whatever came next. <laughs> the implications were often too hot. <laughs> I like, love it. so funny. The, we, uh, we just
0: get a kick out of we just get a kick out of Grandpa's. The The most fun part of it to me was that... I was like, this is the perfect legacy is that everywhere you went in the house someone was writing the limerick yeah. like everyone was like real quick <laughs> like titus in the hall writing on a piece of paper up against the wall and then people <laughs> consulting and laughing and writing everywhere i thought that was a real legacy that there somehow he turned out a whole family who would jump who would be like yeah limerick i'll do that i can handle a love language
1: it is um, limerick <laughs> so the uh so what should we talk about though this is um we were talking earlier about lurching off the subject of limericks. huh um, About the vital importance, not of being earnest. I feel like I should say mm. that. The vital importance of being <laughs> earnest. Yeah. Um, vital. No, but of hearing both sides of the story. Like in, Yes. In basically every department of No, I of would life, say
0: one thing is... Or if there's no way for
1: you to hear the other side of the story, then you always assume judgment. there is another side of the story. Yeah, or just just don't get dogmatic. So even like, I feel like how often, when we were children, for instance, and we would when be we sent into the bedroom for discipline purposes. Go wait. We would. Wait Mom on my would bed. always. And this was this is a side note, but it was always great. This was such a great example because it meant that this is what. We always did too. But I remember being sent to the bedroom, and mom would wait a few minutes before she came in. And it was so that she could have her heart right, so that she wasn't disciplining. She was never him, coming you know, in in the wrath. She wanted to come in impartially. Isn't so, that James. You know, the wrath of man, man does, does not, not produce the, the righteousness, righteousness of, of God. God. I always felt <laughs> so like you needed that if you've got some, on your paddle. Yeah, if you've got some <laughs> wrath
0: brouhaha somewhere, you will not produce the righteousness
1: of God. In another person. Anyway, yeah. so so I remember sitting in there, you know, sitting in the bedroom, waiting. And the thing that was always noteworthy was that she always gave us an opportunity for the defense. Or dad. You know, so they would come in and say, why don't you tell me your side right because whatever it was you know you know that feeling if you're getting called on something you want the opportunity to give your side and most of the time I'm sure it was not at all applicable but but if there was another piece to the story that they didn't know about they wanted to hear it before yes um, you know before taking action and so like I just think it's hugely important raising children not to to jump on one land on one scold one until you actually have heard both sides of the story or given a chance for the defense um but we were talking about this with regards to friends who tell you things about their husband or their children well i thought i actually think that christians should be just really
0: really good at the lost art of imagining the other side yeah like and typically that happens when something happens to you like like I don't know why that person did that but maybe this was a really difficult day for them and this right. was not about you know like basically not taking offense not uh-huh. whatever um, and just being slow to react like just right. not being I tell my kids all the time it's like a thing that we have in our house because we have a fireplace so if they ever like have seen us throw like tissue paper from a gift or something mm-hmm. in the fireplace how fast that lights up and uh, so we will talk about. We say, we don't want you to be like a big wad of Kleenex fluffed <laughs> up on the floor, where any spark that comes near will alight and up will go a blaze. <laughs> Where, like, my goal is for you to be like big, wet, wet mossy logs where sparks go to die. (laughs) Like, where the spark brigade comes through and nothing (laughs) happens. Like, it's just like, you cannot. And part of it's like being slow to wrath. Like, just not being someone who was like, he's what like i mean and it also a lot of it is a really bad instinct for counseling if if someone comes and brings a grievance to you they are only telling you one side of the story and they are also the only party that you have any access to yep so why would you try to give them counsel of how bad what the other person did was you know what i mean like oh let me reinforce your narrative and let me just um And obviously I always feel like we have to throw in these disclaimers. We're not talking about things where you should just call the police immediately or something when it's a really heavy accusation.
1: Point is, is that when you only hear one side of it, you don't know. Like yeah. you actually don't know the context. You haven't heard the other side. And so it's just that they're like, okay, well, I'll just reserve judgment. I'm not going to jump in with a, oh my gosh, that's the most or horrible you, thing. Or you just could ask some
0: clarifying questions or you can sometimes if someone brings something to you, I think it's super wise to say, I'm going to think about that and I'll get back to you with some mm-hmm. follow up because by expanding the time zone for how you're gonna deal with it. It allows for more time to explore the question in the first place. Like, okay, you know, I had a question.
1: Is this something, you know? But also, I think that the (coughs) same thing, we're just talking about, like, reserving your own judgment. And you can just say, well, I think that that's a really bad situation. Mm -hmm. But I also am gonna just acknowledge to myself that I don't have all the facts. So I need to, to hold that loosely. You know, you can have an opinion, but just say, but I'm willing to be proved wrong if something else shows up. Right. Because that's the thing is we get our... Women easily enter into stuff like that emotionally, where we get angry on behalf of somebody else. Right. We get sad on behalf of somebody else. And then you're not willing to let go of that if other evidence comes no, to No, because light. you're
0: actually already in an emotional state yeah, about you're it. You're invested. So, so you're like already mad at the guy
1: before you hear right. his side. So why would you... Um, Right. And so the thing is, is like, maybe it is awful. It might be awful. Maybe it's not awful. Maybe somebody was having a fussy afternoon and then, you know, like it could be anything. But, but also the, the ability to just wait and hear the other side of the story. I think, gosh, does the internet not provide multiple opportunities to practice this very thing Mm -hmm. where you read some inflammatory news article about the big bad thing that the cop did or the big bad thing that the person did to the cop whatever it is and and it's emotionally charged it's politically charged and we all know where our loyalties are going to be immediately without having seen really any more evidence about it without having seen both sides of the story without knowing anything except one person's take and then, um, why is it now really hot? What's happening? I don't know. I'm struggling here with the... No, this is... Mm. Oh, <laughs> it's because you turned it on to feet. See? And defrost. <sighs> Rachel's fiddling with... The... See? There we Rachel's go. Rachel's the worst. Rachel Rachel's is like twiddling the with things. dials. No, but She's... you know what I mean? Like, hearing both sides of the story with your children, with your husband, with the internet, with your friends... Well, and the
0: internet, I'm just going to say, here's my hot tip for Christian women on the internet. Is... You don't actually have that much capacity for emotion. So right. let's just, this reminds me of, I want to say it was, was it Daphne who said this about novels?
1: I want to, I think it I might I know what been. you're talking about, but I can't remember who it was.
0: I think it was Daphne. But anyways, he was talking about the dangers of novels and, um, but he was saying that God gave us emotions to drive action and that when we feel sorry for someone, it's like we feel sorry for them, so we go take them a meal we feel concerned for someone. So we are driven to prayer for them. We concern. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of Christian emotion and action has been replaced by basically the gapers delay of the internet. Yeah. Like where people are like, read this horrifying article about how a, a transgendered man and his transgendered child are (laughs) doing something sick in Canada. (laughs) And I'm like, I, I can't imagine that this is relevant for my life in any way. And that the emotion that would be ginned up in reading that article, has which to go. would be anger, would have nowhere to go because it would not be a... It, it's like it's not in my back. It's not something that is yep. right here. And so you think about that when it is like, read this tale of medical tragedy from New Hampshire today. (laughs) And you're like, I actually need to be caring for the people in my life who are here who need me to be focused on their needs, which are not as great as the the dying husband in New Hampshire. And the thing is, like, I think
1: that the... the point is a really profound one that emotion is meant to move you to action. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's impossible. Like I don't have a problem with story, you know, because, but we do think story is very effective because by, by, um, causing those emotions, Mm -hmm. it's shaping your loyalties and it's shaping. And so even if it doesn't have an outlet in that exact moment, it is shaping how you will react when confronted with it in real life. And so that's why it's important to be, um, to act like a Christian, even when you're just reading your Facebook feed. Yeah. Because it's shaping you. It's shaping how right. you react. Right, and act. I, think, I think that this
0: quote I was talking about, he was arguing against, like, the French novels of the time, which I think were kind of like Harlequin Romance's Well, I'm level. sure there's Like, plenty. it was a lot of, I think it was trashy novels, and this was before movies. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So, one of the things that I'm just mean, that Christians should take some of the wisdom of that. I'm yeah. not saying I agreed with the whole moment, but the yeah. wisdom of the statement was kind of like, why do you think God wanted you to get used to not acting on your emotions? To not like, when you fear for someone, you should be driven to constant prayer. Like you should, you should have, those emotions should take you somewhere and they should motivate something. And, and I just think that that's an interesting, something to think about. And I just see it when I see people getting on different causes, like where you're like, Is there something that I can do? And I'm not saying that there's something wrong with political activism or like, yeah, there's something I could do with this. Um, But I just feel like I don't need to be whipping myself into a fevered wrath about the homeschoolers (laughs) in Germany. (laughs) because like that could be a really hard time. And I hope that the Christians there are supporting them or things are, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't see the way that my fervor here will do
1: anything about it. Yeah. And sometimes it is important to do things, you know, beyond your own emotional interest. Yeah. yeah. I I agree with that. It's not at all. But mostly what I'm saying is just that if you, if you're training yourself through your immediate loyalty on your Facebook feed, like you see something, you're just like, "How dare he! I can't believe that mm-hmm. disgusting cop would even ever think about." Yeah. If, if you do that, then this is everything that's wrong in the world today. Is this one man and right? But if you're the kind of person who sees one story and you snap to judgment, and then you snap to publicly stating what you think about it, then you aren't being the kind of person that Proverbs tells us to be, which is right. hear both sides of the story. Um, and not and being also, quick to anger. And, and not and like, also one who uh, meddles in a quarrel not his own. Uh, taking a passing dog by, by the ears. ears. How Such often? I've thought
0: that many times when I'm ready to whip off with a comment on something.
1: Yeah, and then so you're like, like, actually, this is that's not, not my even fight. my dog.
0: Not, not my, my dog. Not, not my circus, my not my monkeys. That's but, what I that's what we Luke and I laugh we say isn't that like a Polish proverb not my circus not my monkeys yeah and we say that we would say that often then we got tickled telling dad who is a pastor of many years it's like that's the trouble with pastors is that for them it's not not my circus not my monkeys it's not my circus some of my sheep (laughs) (laughs) they're like dang it I do need to get involved in that circus
1: to try to get some of the sheep out the thing is though is that like like being somebody who waits to hear the other side being somebody who reserves judgment somebody who holds their judgments loosely until mm-hmm. they have had two or three witnesses is what the bible asks us to have right and i like also the two or, or three yeah it's like sometimes Probably, two I, other times And three. this is
0: something that's really interesting that's the bible standard and this is why marriage is big problems because (laughs) because fights in private you will never have two or three witnesses well there's always two kids there's the kids no there's
1: two there's
0: I mean, if you're, if they're having counter testimony, yes, yes. they who's going to bring in the witnesses to yeah. know what yeah. it's like. But there were like two people problem. who were there, right? I was going to say one <laughs> other thing is what well, well, you one were might talking about false
1: test yeah. testimony, but
0: <laughs> yeah, but when you were talking about the cultivating a demeanor that is wise in that, I would take it even further back and say uh, before you hear your own story. When, like, if you're feeling a little peeved at your husband for something, you can tell yourself, you can build a case and generate the arguments no problem with that. Like, if you want to spend your time doing the dishes, building all kinds of accusations that are one-sided against someone you can't, but if you want to go, yeah, but if you want to be wise, what you do is not listen to those unsubstantiated charges. Like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to wait
1: until I hear the other side of that story. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to find this out before I proceed. And before I get all snappy at my husband about whatever, do the thing that mom did, which is wait and listen to the defense. You know, just wait and hear if there's an explanation before leaping off. We often tell our
0: kids instead of saying, do you have something to defend yourself we're often saying I want you to tell me what you did wrong." yeah like, oh that's
1: a good we're like good you tip. may not
0: mention anyone else's names no like, well, if
1: you have if you have two children squabbling and you weren't in the room then yeah. you can come in and say now Fred yeah Fred what did Fred do Fred, that was you not you tell me the yeah. whole story but only what Fred did wrong yeah and you know and then Zanzibar over here <laughs> <laughs> will tell me only his part. And if we get those two and parts, it'll, be the, it'll be the whole story. It'll be the whole story. But I love how how kids are, when <laughs> when our kids were little, this would always crack me up because they would, when they would start to retell the story in the flesh. Yeah. It would be like, and then I said to her and then she screamed back (laughs) and then i (laughs) quietly responded
0: and then she and then i was being totally fine like it was like were you angry
1: but i always no. that voice their voice is very calm for my part and then and then and and also the ramped up vocab she screamed uh, she uh, she threatened the vocabulary (laughs) she was being amazingly horrible (laughs) you're like really and so that's why if somebody is is you know airing their grievance in the flesh that's how it comes off yeah and so when you say no 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 back up now you tell me everything you did wrong and what did you do in this circumstance then, that may then, have created this right monster. and if you say okay you tell me what you did wrong you can turn to the other person and say is that accurate and that yeah. you're sick yeah. And it's like, now your turn. You tell me what you did. Ask yeah. mm-hmm. the other person. Is that accurate? one thing
0: I've done with my kids who have the most trouble with each other uh, in just little <laughs> bickery troubles are usually the most alike. Oh, like, isn't that the truth and, of the world? And they are, they are the ones who are like the, it has, it happens in my home right now. It is the ones who are the most kind of high achiever kind of. They love to be correct. They don't Mm -hmm. like to get things like those are the two that can just egg each other on to glory, like (laughs) in in an amazing way. And it, and it's so subtle. Nothing actually seems provoking, but somehow everyone is provoked. Well, one of the things that I have made them do, which makes me laugh is I say, I'm like making dinner. I'll be like, you two come in here and stand in the kitchen. I'm like face each other. And they're like two feet apart. I'm like, no, you have to stay there until I tell you that you can be done. And I want you to take turns going back and forth complimenting one another. <laughs> and so then I proceed with cooking dinner while they say, you're really good at drawing <laughs> things. And then they go back to like, you're really fun to play tag with. And it's like, goes back to you. your, they, and they have to do yeah. it until I tell them they've done enough. Yeah. So it's like the un- the, yeah. the bottomless compliment That's thing. Funny. But the thing that surprised me most about doing that is that it was kind of just off on a wing in the prayer of like, we needed to work through some of this and I just yeah. gave them that job. But the thing that was remarkable to me is how it revealed to me that I didn't understand before that moment how much it was because they were similar. Alike. Yeah, Yeah. and then when it was coming out, the things that they admired about each other, Mm -hmm. when they were finally being honest about that, I realized that so much of the source of it was like, when one says, you're really good at Uh this and such, And the other one is so flattered. Yeah. And I realized it was because they were both really fighting for respect of the other. Because they admire each other a lot. And they're like, we need... And it it really helped them to actually Mm -hmm. have to give each other compliments. Helped them both to know that they actually were admired.
1: And helps you to get a sort of behind-the-scenes glimpse into what's going on. Yes. Gives you an insight into it.
0: And you also can tell if someone is not sincerely enjoying their sibling. When they're like you know your colors
1: <laughs> it's funny i was like, like, ah no that's not it you can that do better reveals the villain you can do it? better it's you can like, yeah oh, one of them's we like found the stink cloud. one of them's like
0: you're always i'm so glad you're my sister the other one's like mm, you uh Finish have a bathrobe grade. yeah <laughs> like yeah i see where the heart of the
1: storm is yeah. like
0: yeah. yeah it's funny but anyways i liked that one that's yeah, a technique
1: that's that has so worked. anyway that's our thing it's like just just practicing being the kind of person that doesn't get too easily scandalized or doesn't get too easily just being pushed a wet mossy a log side. on yeah. the internet be a wet mossy log in person. If the
0: internet can use anything. virtually. It is more unstartable fires.
1: Oh, man. It Just is the, like a. The fires. Is, they need Smokey the Bear alerts all over the all internet. All over.
0: Like, <laughs> do not leave your cigarettes unattended.
1: Yeah. Like, do and not actually, do. You're not even allowed to start fires right now. I in love. This month. I got.
0: Yes, I got so tickled by that. With it's Well, when you're talking to someone and what the conversation amounts to. Is basically like, what do you think about me leaving this cigarette butt of a rude comment in that (laughs) emotional dry bush? (laughs) you're like, or, or follow me closely for one minute. Imagine what could be if you did it. (laughs) Like, the bush might still be dry, but you would not have started the great fire season of (laughs) 2017. Like, might be awesome. If you didn't do that thing that you're <laughs> talking about doing.
1: Oh, uh, but anyway, okay, so recommend. We need to leave off now with the recommend of some recommend. Sort. How about now since it's summery in our neck of the woods? Mm-hmm. What's your what's your like go to summer meal? We promised a week or two ago that we would have settled into like oh now the seasons changed. Now well, we're we were but children.
0: We were but children always <laughs> said that we didn't know. We did not know what it was going to be like. Well, tonight since we're going to the river, we're doing really whatever I can. R- sure, but, but like,
1: what's something that you guys like eating in the summertime? Um. Mm, did you have a hot tip for this? You were going to do it. I'm sure that I you have this something. This was your idea. I'm sure I do make things, but I struggle. Really? You still blanking out on this? Okay. No. I've got one that we adore. Okay. It's do it, do it. Caramelized pork tacos mm. with a Sounds pineapple good. cucumber salsa. Okay. And it is not hard to make, and it is insanely good and it has like a um, sriracha sauce that you squeeze over the top and you just caramelize the pork. You like pan, fry pieces of the pork and then you throw some water and sugar in at the end. Some fish sauce, you know, kind of gives it that little bit of... Yum. Yeah. Where is this recipe from? I don't know, but I will post a link when we get around to it because it's really yummy and the salsa is really quick to whip up. It's like red onions and pineapples and cucumbers. And then you put the sriracha sauce on top, and that um, I think you cut it with sour cream. It's like, you know, it's like a sour cream and sriracha mix, and you yeah, put that, that on top. It funny. is ridiculously good. It's easy. Like it's a, really fresh, and
0: yeah, yeah and we my like kids are crazy for it. Vietnamese chicken salad. That's really good. And then also there's another one. Your fish sauce reminded me of one that Thai beef tacos is really good. Oh, it's like a okay. grilled. It's marinated in like chili you know like sambalalec and mm-hmm. um, fish sauce and stuff okay. and then it's you do it with like a cabbage slaw oh yum like but it's Thai so it's similar it's a similar sort of thing yeah food. it's Thai beef and slaw
1: but it is, it's just but an it's a interesting taco.
0: different yeah taco
1: alright we have two taco tacos recommends. and
0: tacos Tacos and more tacos. And then for breakfast, you can have a taco. <laughs> it's actually, breakfast tacos. What's really good is a couple of scrambled eggs in a corn tortilla with avocado and sriracha, and sour cream. Hmm. It's delicious. Really? Yeah.
1: I could. I could see that. You could go for a breakfast taco there.
0: like that. Yeah. It does sound good. It is good. So thank all you right. all for joining us.
1: We'll and see we you next see time. We'll see you around.
0: Yes. Bye. Happy happy summer days. The the light.